Ah, childhood, when life is simple and our minds are innocent. It's not until we grow up and revisit some of our favorite sources of childhood entertainment that we discover that some pretty adult themes are hiding there. Applying adult logic to some classics makes them downright disturbing. Here are some theories that have taken the internet by storm and are sure to ruin your childhood memories. You're welcome. E.T. was a groundbreaking movie when it released in 1982. After Steven Spielberg disturbed the world with close encounters of the third kind, an alien who eats chunk food, plays with toys, and does a little drag number was a welcome surprise. But Redditor Walt is Frozen argues that E.T. is far more sinister than he seems. This theory follows E.T. along the path of Mr. Spielberg's canon up to War of the Worlds, which sees much of Earth destroyed by an alien threat. Walt is Frozen says the reason the deadly tripods were able to act so efficiently was in part thanks to a certain friendly alien who visited decades earlier. E.T. was sent as a scout to test humanity's abilities to identify and deal with an alien threat, and with the help of a bicycle and a little kid proved that our incompetence would render us practically defenseless. So he phoned home and years later his people finally returned to Earth. It's even possible that E.T. may have been genetically engineered for scouting our planet. This would explain the difference in his appearance and ability to resist Earth's microbes compared to the aliens in War of the Worlds. With its catchy, upbeat theme song and fun cast of lovable characters, surely the friendly anteater Arthur is safe from corruption, right? The show, with 25 seasons, teaches millions of kids important life lessons through the activities of non-threatening aardvarks, rabbits, dogs, and unidentified animaloid creatures. But according to dark internet theories, the show reveals the disturbing evolutionary future of humanity. Have you ever noticed that some of the dog characters have a pet dog? Or that there are no interspecies couples? Or that there are a ton of bodies relative to other species? That's because there's an evolutionary order to things. According to this disturbing theory, every animal in the show is a distant future evolution of current world creatures. Despite their advances in intelligence, the creatures seem to follow some of the same rules as animals we know today. Bunnies are very common in the show, presumably because rabbits breed like, well, rabbits. Animals generally can't breed between species, so there are no cross-species parents in the show. Some species like dogs have even been subdivided. A human owning another human would be a serious problem, yet the ethical complications of a dog owning another dog never come up. By the looks of things, human concerns like that have died out alongside humans themselves, who've either eliminated themselves or have been eliminated by the animals. Now, here's another interesting dystopian theory. In 1987, cartoon rerun icon Elroy Jetson created a time machine that landed in Bedrock, home of the Flintstones. But what if the time machine hadn't gone backward at all? What if the Jetsons had simply landed on Earth, as it were, in the post-apocalyptic future? The Jetsons and the Flintstones were both created in the 1960s when a nuclear apocalypse was a real possibility. 
So what if the shows both occur post-nuclear war? In this cartoon universe, the Jetsons live somewhere safe from nuclear fallout, a city constructed above the clouds. Meanwhile, back on the parched earth, survivors harness the power of freakish mutant animals and natural resources using rocks and dirt to recreate civilization as it existed before the bomb. Think about it. They have televisions, vacuum cleaners, money, Christmas, all of the tech and traditions suburban families enjoyed in the 1960s. Only now, consumer goods must be reconstructed using what they have available, often as literal creature comforts. And isn't it a little strange to have Christmas thousands of years before the birth of Christ? So, while Elroy intended to take the Jetsons family on a trip across time, he just took them to the nuclear wasteland below. Next up, have you ever wondered why on earth does Wile E. Coyote continue to pursue one particular roadrunner when the desert is full of alternatives? The answer, of course, has been right there all along. He's in hell. This theory refers to the story of the Greek mythological figure Tantalus, who was condemned to the deepest pit of the underworld for crimes against the gods. Any time Tantalus attempted to drink from the pools around him, they immediately dried up. When he reached up for the hanging fruit above, the branches lifted out of reach. Does this kind of endless near-miss torture sound familiar? Whatever Wiley's crime, it's easier to believe this is some sort of cosmic moral punishment than to believe a coyote capable of running twice as fast as a roadrunner in real life and able to eat just about anything would spend so much time and energy on a single bird. It's an ancient morality tale dressed in fur, feathers, and acme products. Now, Courage the Cowardly Dog was a pretty scary show in its own right, even without dark fan theories. Many a childhood was tinged by the tales of a timid dog in the middle of nowhere, somehow surrounded by monsters, alien ghosts, demons, and more. But what if Courage was more real than he seemed? What if he was just living a normal life in a normal home, but through the ever-fearful eyes of a dog? The monsters of Courage's world may be everyday things, like the postman or the vacuum cleaner. But from a creepier angle, it's conceivable that the show is a disturbing peek into what's going on when our canine companions are barking at our walls or into the seemingly empty darkness. What's more, all the horrific entities Courage sees, which humans can't, may be just as real as we are. Now let's travel back to the 1970s, a time when the music was groovy, but the boundaries of acceptable behavior were elusive to say the least. People like Jimmy Seville were presenting teenage TV shows to begin with, but I digress. Well, in 1971's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, we experienced the elation of Charlie when he scored his elusive golden ticket, allowing him entry to Willy Wonka's magical chocolate factory. But lurking behind this enjoyable story is cinema's greatest scam artist, Grandpa Joe. He was supposedly ill, lounging in bed while the family had hot water for dinner and suddenly launched into a dance worthy of Fred Astaire the instant Charlie finds his ticket. Not only that, but he's a huge pervert. While we were distracted by Wonka's factory, Grandpa Joe was leching around the chocolate factory committing heinous acts like groping Mrs. TV. Remember when she says, Somebody's touching me! Well, yeah, Grandpa Joe was right next to her, feeling embarrassed. 
His perversions are so severe that a website has been created to raise awareness of Joe's heinous character. From now on, I will skip the opening part of the movie every time I watch it. Next up, remember the Smurfs? They're blue, they're three apples tall, and they live in large mushrooms. So what are Smurfs? Communist? Clan members? Misogynistic pimps? They all wear white hoods, except Papa Smurf, who has a red hood, much like the higher-ranking members of the KKK. One early episode even sees the Smurfs quarantining the sick members of their community whose symptoms are stupidity, aggression, and dark skin. For theorists, this is more than enough metaphorical evidence of Smurfs representing a miniature blue KKK. At the very least, some argue their lack of a capitalist economy and their Karl Marx bearded leader is evidence of communist values. As for Smurfette, created as a spy by the evil Gargamel, Papa Smurf took her in and made her super blonde, super feminine, and a real Smurf. By creating an object of pure conventional desire for his ravenous blue hordes, is Papa Smurf a misogynistic pimp wizard? Some people think so. There are hundreds of theories about the Smurfs, and none of them paint the little blue guys in a positive light. This next theory will probably make you sad or touched at the least. Rugrats was an Emmy-winning phenomenon at its height, but according to the internet's darkest minds, all the shenanigans and baby talk emerge from the mind of a singular character. This theory stipulates that none of the babies exist, they're all a figment of Angelica's traumatized imagination. In reality, they're based on babies who could have been but met tragic ends. Supposedly, Chucky died with his mother in childbirth, so Angelica associates him with memories of his mom. Tommy was stillborn, so his broken would-be father Stu obsessively makes toys for a baby who will never play with them. Phil and Lil's mother had a late-term abortion, and since Angelica didn't know which sex the baby would be, her subconscious created both. The trauma of these brushes with death has left a permanent impact on the psyche of the poor girl, and her outward aggression and selfishness are simply the product of a deep-rooted fear of loss. Thankfully, the creator, Arlene Klasky, stepped forward to put our minds at ease, denying the claims. But now they've got me thinking... Next up, Shrek is now regarded as a cinematic masterpiece within many of the web's oddball communities, and in fairness, it's pretty darn funny. But Shrek's walking, talking, wisecracking sidekick story is anything but a joke. Donkey's origins lay in another kid's classic with a healthy tinge of terror, Pinocchio. You may have repressed this memory, but Pinocchio's friends met a horrific fate during their time on Pleasure Island in the Disney classic. The Rowdy Boys gambled, drank beer, cussed, and were forcibly transformed into donkeys. Those who completed the transformation were shipped off into slavery, while those who could still speak were thrown into a cave. With the fairy tale themes of Shrek, Shrek's donkey likely was one of those boys. He has an awful lot of knowledge about how the human world works and is just the sort of guy who might have ended up on Pleasure Island. It's possible Donkey was sold off into forced labor after his transformation but retained his silence for a while. When he started to speak, he was taken straight to the market, which was his first appearance in Shrek. Not only that, but he appears immediately after Pinocchio, who's also featured in the Shrek movie. Coincidence? 
If miraculously your childhood isn't ruined yet, here's something to consider. To be brutally honest, most of your childhood favorites were toys first and those movies and shows you watched religiously were elongated commercials. Kids films, while nostalgic, are mostly little more than sales tactics for endless lines of toys and accessories. Because as any marketing exec knows, kids are a gold mine. Here's a question for you. in a pineapple under the sea. Since 1999, SpongeBob SquarePants' bizarre romp around Bikini Bottom has enriched our lives with memorable characters, loads of laughs, and memes galore. But have you ever stopped and thought about the location and inhabitants of Bikini Bottom? According to this theory, the reason the ocean is inhabited by weird anthropomorphic critters is an eerie one. It all comes down to genetic mutation following nuclear fallout. As demonstrated by its name and the show's title sequence alike, Bikini Bottom is found on the seafloor below the very real and very radioactive Bikini Atoll. This location, part of the Marshall Islands, was a real-life test site for atomic bombs in the mid-20th century. It's also the fictional birthplace of one very well-known mutant by the name of Godzilla. The radioactivity there was so high at the time that all the natives were evacuated, and it's still not considered safe to go there. Seems no one told a certain sponge and his friends, who were soon brought to life in the fallout. But these wacky mutants serve a purpose beyond warning of the dangers of nuclear war. As confirmed by the show's creators, the main characters are living embodiments of the seven deadly sins. Mr. Krabs represents greed, Spongebob represents lust, Patrick is sloth, Gary is gluttony, Squidward is wrath, Sandy Cheek embodies pride, and Plankton, envy, obviously. With this in mind, the show becomes a tale of eternal self-inflicted torment and insanity in an apocalyptic underwater hell. Still, the things I do to get my hands on that Krabby Patty formula... These dark theories may result in nightmares, disappointment, and lengthy consideration about the meaning of life. But hey, that's the price of being a grown-up. So naturally, I reject them all, along with any notion of adulthood. I also have some more episodes about theories that will continue to ruin your childhood, so I encourage you to check them out in case your childhood isn't just ruined enough yet. Thanks for listening. Listen to